Oh, wow. I got to take these off. I forgot. I can't read with these. So, but I don't need to see that. I can still see y'all. Okay. We're starting a new series called Blessed. We used to do a series uh, almost every year, way back in the day. We'd do the Blessed Life by Robert Morris. And it's all about, mostly it was about giving. But the Lord's impressed upon me starting out this year. We need to just talk about the blessings of God and and how we live in the blessings. And I, I'm going to be reading, if you want to get in your Bibles and go ahead and turn to Deuteronomy 28. It's probably one of the most famous passages concerning uh, blessings and curses. And I'm not going to dwell on the curses because if you, if you want to dwell, I want to dwell on the blessings. I don't know about you. Uh, and, and if you really want to go and read it all, you can just figure the opposite of whatever that was. Is That's the curse. So we're going to look at the blessings this morning. Um, there's a scripture that I always like to do word searches. How many of you like to do word searches? It's so cool with a computer, isn't it? And then you can go to Bible Gateway. I looked up the word, just the word blessed. And it's like 495 times in the Bible. And then there's another word that's similar to blessed in, 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 in one of the definitions of blessed, which is from the, uh, the Hebrew word barak, or barak, uh, bar, barak, I think that's how you say it. Um, it's to prosper. So like when you bless somebody, how many of you ever bless somebody? I just bless you this and I bless you with that. You're, you're actually blessing them to prosper. You're, you're, you're wanting something good to happen to their life, in their life, right, when you bless somebody. I remember a whole teaching they went through at CCSA. This lady came in. The, the Burks came in. Brad and Melba Burke came in. They taught us on, on what it means to bless somebody. And when you say God bless you, somebody sneezed and you say God bless you, listen, be serious about that. Because when you actually speak blessings over somebody, you know what you're saying? I want God's destiny to, to be realized in your life. So you're speaking destiny when you say when somebody sneezes, God bless you. Well, you're not just saying, God bless you, I hope you don't get a cold. But you're saying, God bless you to find your destiny. Because I think that's what God wants all of his children to find is their destiny. How many parents do we have here this morning? Don't you want your kids to find their destiny? You know, and... and God wants us to find our destiny in him, not our destiny as Americans, not our destiny as human beings, but our destiny in Christ. Because the destiny in Christ sometimes looks way different than what you've already picked out and what you've planned. Well, I want to take this course in college. I want to take that course. And I want to be that kind of, I want to do this occupation. And God said, well, that's great. Just go ahead and pick out all you want. But that's not the destiny I have for you. And sometimes it takes us a while to get to our destiny if we take all those detours like I did. It's my wife's fault. <laughs> See, she actually says that's true. But we didn't know we had it. We didn't know about spiritual warfare. We didn't know about the enemy and his plan to divide and to steal and destroy. I mean, we've been going to church all of our lives and still hadn't gotten a grasp of those things until we really uh, were baptized in the Holy Spirit at the, about 17 years later and, and began to realize some things that we had missed. You know, anybody, anybody ever do that? You realize something you missed? It's like putting that swing set together in your backyard for your kid. And you come up with a lot of a whole bag of bolts. I did that one time, you remember? And I'm going, oh, my goodness, where my, where my kids are going to be swinging and swinging and all of a sudden things are going to fall apart? Because we just miss things sometimes and we don't follow instructions very well sometimes. And so we miss things. So today we're going to be looking at blessings or they're just the beginning of this of the series and the key to being blessed and it's actually more than this, series, or this, this message today on the key to being blessed. So it says the first time blessings are mentioned is in Genesis chapter 1. Um, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. Okay? 
God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. In other words, God, from the get-go, he wanted to bless his children, bless his creation. You know what, man? We messed it up, right? Adam and Eve really messed that whole thing up. And now when Jesus came back, he said, Now I'm giving you back what, what the enemy stole. I'm giving you back your authority. I'm giving you back the keys to the kingdom. And sometimes we don't walk in those things, guys. And this is really what this God, as I'm preparing the sermon and God's kind of mulling it over in my mind. And I'm thinking, you know what? We're all blessed. If we know Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, we are blessed. But we don't live like we're blessed. We don't look like we're blessed so much of the time. And God wants us to look and live the blessings that he's called us to look and live for. He's, he's really he's already blessed us by with just his grace. He's blessed us. When Jesus went to the cross for our sins, we got blessed big time, guys. We received that grace of forgiveness, that grace of, of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the gifts that he has for us. And listen, he's given them to us, but are we, are we living the blessings? That's the, that's the issue. We're starting a new year, 2017. We're not into it very far. And some of you have already backtracked on some of the promises you made on, to God on January the 1st. Some of you said, I'm going to start reading my Bible every day. And some of you said, I'm going to start praying every day. Some of you said, I'm going to get with my husband. I'm going to get my wife. And we're going to start doing devotions with our kids. And some of you, January the 8th, and you've already quit. And God says, don't quit. Start back. Get back into it. Don't let the enemy rob you of what you've already purposed in your heart to do. I've challenged our staff every day. Read the word of God with your spouse. You're going to read the Bible through in one year. And I'm, I mean, I, I call them out on it every week. I'm saying, I ha- where are you at, guys? And I, I'll never forget one guy, one of the guys in our says, well, I'm already a day behind. <laughs> he said, but we're going to catch up, Pastor. Don't let the enemy rob you just because you messed up or you didn't follow through. That's exactly his plan. You made these, you purpose in your heart, do some things you didn't follow through. He wants you to stop right then and say, when I'm just a failure, I can't do this. I'll start over next year. Right? I'll start the diet next week. I'll start the workout program next week. Right? How many of you ever said that? Someday never comes. <laughs> right? So credence song. So we're going to look at uh, blessings the next few weeks. Deuteronomy 28. You go back and read Deuteronomy. It, I, I was surprised when I'm reading the, the history of it. It was written in like two months. It was a two-month period. You ever, ever realize that? And 30 days of that period probably were the days of mourning for Moses' death. Moses wrote this, God empowered, God through the Holy Spirit wrote, wrote this through Moses. And Moses spoke this, Moses wrote this. Everybody attributes this book to Moses. You know, they had been in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years because they didn't obey God. 40 years and all that other generation's dying off. And so Moses really, Deuteronomy recounts a whole bunch of the history of the Israelites. He re, just recounts a whole lot of things. You can go back and read it and you, man, it just puts it all in a capsule of the Ten Commandments and everything God commanded them to do and, and the, the things that they were supposed to be, how things were set up then. And all this was happening in this 30-day period that, that Moses is, is writing these things down before he actually dies. And then Joshua writes the rest of it more than likely. And he's saying there's some things you need to do if you really want to be blessed. So he's writing this to the, the, the nation of Israel. But here's what I'm thinking. How do we take what he's written to Israel and apply it to us? Well, I don't know about you, but my Bible says I've been grafted in. I'm Jewish. That's true. If you read the scripture, Romans says we've been grafted in just like we're one of them. 
And we're called, we're chosen, we're his chosen ones, right? Some of you, I don't know. I mean, maybe. You are. If, if you know Jesus Christ, your Lord, Lord and Savior, you've been grafted in by grace, by the miracle of grace. And so when we read this, we can apply this to ourselves, not as the nation of America, no, but as the nation of the church, the New Testament church. That's the way I looked at it anyway. It says, now, come, now it shall come to pass, verse 1, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Now I want you to look. There's a, there's a big word here, and it's really tiny, but it's a big word. And it's the big word, if. Say if. The big little word, if. Does that make sense? The big little word? Go back and look at this. He says, now it shall come to pass if, say if. if, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all of his commands which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Could y'all hear that? He can set you. He wants to set us up in a good way. He wants to elevate you today. He wants to elevate the body of Christ. Listen, he has already done that. Do y'all understand that? But he says, if. If you will do these things, I will do that. God is, there are conditions all throughout the word of God. Conditions. A lot of people go, well, I'm just covered by grace. Listen, I know grace is here. But I also see that there's, a, there's a, so many Christians that they are not living the abundant life. They're not living the blessings of God. So there's got to be a problem here. But even after we're covered with grace, we've got to find out how we're supposed to be walking in these blessings. How many of you want to be blessed by God? Almost everybody wants to be blessed by God. I don't want to be blessed by God. Mm-mm. He might require me to do something. Well, he does. How many of you want to be blessed by God? Man, I'm telling you, if you don't want to be blessed by him, I don't, want, I don't know what to tell you, except maybe before this message is over, you'll get saved. He is our heavenly father. He wants to bless us. I don't think we even understand that. I don't, I don't think we've even grasped just the littlest, bittiest part of that promise that I want to bless you. He's that kind of father. How many dads do we have in here this morning? How many dads do want, you want to bless your kids? Do you want to curse them or bless them? Okay. Well then think about you and as bad as you are. <laughs> Remember what he said in Luke 11. It's, it's, as bad as we are, how much we're going to treat, how good we're going to treat our kids, right? We want to bless our children. Well, God wants to bless us today. Our Heavenly Father wants to bless us. But he says there's this thing called if. If implies that we have a choice. Say, I have a choice. Even in John 14, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. You see, a lot of people go, well, grace it's covered. The law was covered. I mean, it was put aside because grace came in. And so we don't really have to obey the commandments anymore. I'll tell you this great Greek word that I know is called baloney. In the Hebrew, it's balagna. That's true. I mean, listen, we are still called to keep his commandments. And there are only two. And he said in the word, he said, they're not even burdensome. Well, I don't know about you, Pastor, but they seem like a big burden to me. Oh, really? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself? Well, Pastor, you, have no, you don't know who my neighbor is. If, if you will love your neighbor, if you will love the Lord your God. He said, I want to do, I want to do super 
natural, incredible things in your life. I want to bless you beyond blessing. Remember, it says he didn't say he wanted to give us an abundant life. He said a more abundant life. More than you can ask or imagine. Remember, we talked about that last week. More than you can ask or imagine. He wants to give us more. So that big little word, you've got to start making choices because God has already blessed us. Look at Ephesians 2, 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we are dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And listen to this one. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I believe he's elevated us to the high places. He's elevated us to the high places. So why aren't we living like we're living in the high places? Why aren't we seeing things the way God wants to see it? Well, he wants us to see it. Why aren't we seeing things his way instead of our way? Remember I talked last week about having the mind of Christ? Then you've got to come back to where, how do I have the mind of Christ? You've got to spend some time with him. You've got to get into his word. We, Mary Lou and I were reading our devotional this morning. His word is power. It's, it's all Holy Spirit inspired. Every word is for you and it's for me. And listen, if you want to stay out of the word, that's your business. But I'm going to tell you, if you want to grow, if you want to get out of the crib, if you want to get out of the nursery, you've got to get in his word. It's not a choice. It's it's not something, oh, I think I want to. No, it's something that should be within your heart to do. I cannot stress it enough. And I think I've stressed it for 16 years. You cannot go without the word of God and expect the blessings of God and expect to grow in grace and to grow and mature in the body of Christ. I want to have a heavenly perspective. Do you? Because the Bible, I always used to ask, how do, how do I see things? How, do I, how, do I, how am I sitting in the heavenlies with Jesus? Well, go back to John 17. He says, I am in him and he is in me. So he's there. I'm there. He's, I'm here. He's here. Right? But what does that really mean? How to have a heavenly perspective? How do we see things from those? We, we see things when we understand who Christ is and we have the mind of Christ. And then we see our neighbor that you just, you know, you might think, well, pastor, how, how can I love my neighbor? You don't know how bad he is. Then you'll see your neighbor in a different way that he's hurt. That he's been wounded. That some church kicked him out or somebody just left him or he just got this bad news. And you go, oh. You mean my neighbor, I do really need to love him? Is that, is that what you're saying, Lord? I think so. How many of you know who your neighbors are? Raise your hands. Now, don't raise your hands this time. How many of you know who your neighbors really are? We've got them all around us. Man, there's some of them are so messed up. They're so messed up. But we don't not love them. We, we love them. We try to interact with them. We, we, we pray for them. We, we, we try to be friendly to them. We just try to be good, good neighbors. Because you don't know who they are, and they don't know who you are. Maybe this week, maybe this year, you're going to get to know the people around you. Look at verse 2, and this is so cool. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Overtaken by blessings. Isn't that cool of the way that way, way Moses wrote that or the Holy Spirit inspired? Overtaken. You know, most of the time, overtaken is a ne- negative term because you're running from something. Well, I hope they don't catch me. You know, if you're playing football, you don't want to be overtaken if you're running with the football, right? And most of the time, we don't want to be overtaken, but I want to be overtaken by the blessings of God. Catch me, Lord. I'm going to stop so you can catch me. Overtaken by the blessings. Listen, he wants. Is that tell you the heart of the Father, Misha? 
Does that tell you the heart of the Father? He wants to overtake us with blessings. He said, well, if you'll just listen to me, if you'll just walk in obedience, I'm going to overtake you with so many blessings, you're not going to know what to do with them. I love the story of the prodigal son. You can use that probably in every sermon and fit it in somewhere in a sermon. But I, I love the picture uh, of this. You know, this prodigal son, is, the, word, the word prodigal means worldly. There was a son, and he went to his father and said, I want my inheritance. This is in Luke 15. I want my inheritance, father. So the father said, okay, I don't think the father really wanted to give it to him. It wasn't time to give it to him. But he said, I want my inheritance. I want to go and do my own thing. I want to be independent of you. Okay? So his father gives him his inheritance. The guy goes away. And I always picture that he went to Las Vegas. I know the Las Vegas wasn't there at that time. But, man, he was at the table. Man, he was gambling. He had the girls. He had the limo. He had whatever because he had his inheritance. Then all of a sudden, hard times came on the nation. And all of a sudden, everything went, you know, just stopped. Jobs were scarce, and he lost his money. And guess what? When you lose your money, guess where your friends go? You lose your friends when you lose your money, right? Yeah. And I wrote this down this, this last night. I was thinking, he said, I, he said, I wrote this. He went from living high on the hog to feeding the hogs. Man, that is, that's like, woo, that's bad, isn't it? He was living high on the hog, man. He was doing everything he wanted to do when he wanted to do it. But the money ran out. The friends, the friends ran out. And he finds himself as a Jew who don't like pigs. He is slopping pigs. And he wants, man, he said, man, these pigs are eating pretty good food compared to me. I'm hungry. And then he said, oh, oh, he had an epiphany. You know an epiphany? Anybody ever have an epiphany? He said, oh, my father's servants are doing better than this. If I just go back and ask my father to forgive me and I can just be one of his servants, man, that'll be good because I'll get something to eat and it won't be so stinky. I won't have to be dealing with these pigs. Now, this is the part. I'm I'm talking about being overtaken by the blessings of God. Look at verse 20. And he arose and he came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, he was a still. (laughs) But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. His father overtook him. I never thought about this until last night. As I was looking at these scriptures again. I never thought about this. Maybe when his father, when he saw his father coming toward him, he goes, oh, my dad is really ticked. I got to run. I never thought about it that way. Janice, I never thought... He said, oh, there, my dad's brother, he's been waiting for me to come on. He has got his whip me. He's going to tear me up. I think I better go. <laughs> and his father overtook him. He fell on him. He tackled his, he tackled his son. Can you all get a picture of that? He ran out. Come back here, son. <laughs> Just tackling by the ankles. <laughs> it's a dirt, you know. And, and then he starts kissing on him. His son didn't know what to think until his daddy started kissing on him. That's the picture I have. I think my dad and son were rolling in the dirt, and he said, man, son, I'm so glad you're home. But, Dad, I did this, and that's okay. I've already forgiven you. You're my son. You never stop being my son. I've just been wanting to bless you, and you run away from me, and I've got blessings for you. Bring the cat, bring, bring the robe, bring the ring, bring the sandals, fix my, get my son cleaned up, kill the calf. We're going to have a party. Now, that's a blessing. That's the father that wants to bless a wayward son. 
Some of you are wayward sons this morning, wayward daughters this morning. You're not walking in the blessings. You're not experiencing the blessed life. God says, I'm running after you as hard as I can. Quit running away from me. Quit hiding from me. Quit letting that sin darken your heart. Believe me that I love you. Listen, if there's a, a better example in the Bible of a father's love, I don't know where it is. Because he was not a good son. But yet, that's a good, good father. He wants to overtake you today with, your, with his blessings for you. You've got to let him catch you. Quit running from him. Verse 3 says, Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Listen, when we listen to God's voice and we walk in obedience, there are unlimited blessings. Say unlimited blessings. So he's kind of covering it here. Man, it's, it's when you're going out, when you're coming in, when you're going in the country, when you're staying in the city. It doesn't matter. He said, wherever you go, I have these unlimited blessings for you. See, the blessings, are, the, when we're walking in obedience, when we're listening to the voice of God, then we'll be like Joshua. When, when, when Joshua was commissioned to go into the, to the promised land, in Joshua 1.9, this is what the word of God says. This is what God said to him. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. So he says, there's no limit, Joshua. Just if you can step there, you can have it. If you, can, if you can go there, and I've already given it to you, you've, but at least you've got to go step there. You can't stay here like for 40 years the rest of them did. You've got to go through the, you've got to go through the, prom, into the, through the river Jordan. You've got to go into the promised land, and you're going to have to take some, you're going to have to take some cities. You're going to have to do something, but the blessings are there. I've already given them to you, but you've got to go take them. See, many of us, oh, God, just bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. And God says, I will if you will obey me, obey me, obey me, obey me. See, Joshua had to hear his voice before he could go do that. He said, if you'll obey my, if you'll hear my voice and obey my commands, then I will bless you. And we know the rest of the story. Joshua in walls of Jericho. I'm going to like to see some walls come down just because you praise God. Seven times. That's why I don't want one of those head sets. See, God's already commissioned you. He said, I've got this for you. I've got these blessings for you. But you're going to have to walk through the water. I'll even make it easy for you. I'll drive up the river. So you don't have to slug through the mud, sludge through the mud. That's what he does. That's a, that's a good, good father, isn't it? I love that song we sang earlier about the atmosphere changes. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. Where we walk, the atmosphere should change. You go to family reunions? Anybody go to family reunions? Well, they make me. <laughs> when you walk in, I don't care what your family's like, the atmosphere should change. Because you're not bringing in all the junk. You're not bringing all the past. You're not bringing all the heartache in. You're bringing Jesus in. Let Jesus walk into the room with you. Unlimited blessings. Verse 4. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. 
I like the word increased. Increase. Say increase. See, increase is not being, it's more than what you got now. He says, I'm going to increase your flocks or your herds. I'm going to increase what you already have. To me, that's, an, that's a blessing. So whatever, whatever you have this morning and, and you feel like you know, it's, you're just going to settle for that, and God said, no, but I want to increase everything that you have in a good way. He wants to increase everything that you have in a good way. The problem is so many people are not obedient. They're not walking in obedience to God. They're not listening to his voice. And so they want to make the increase happen on, them, on their own. If I just work harder, I'll make more money. If I just impress my boss a little bit better, he's going to give me a raise. See, you're doing all these things are in the flesh. And I'm going to tell you something. If you're robbing God by not giving your tithes and offerings, I don't care how hard you work. I don't care how many promotions you have. You will never have enough. Oh, that was a big one. Woo. Amen. That's the truth. You want promotion? You want it? You want to have more than enough? Then do what God said to do. It's 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 not rocket science. It's just simple obedience. I know people that quit tithing. I, I do. I know people that quit tithing because they got, a, they got a job and now they can work on Sundays. And when they start, when they get their job on Sundays, they quit going to church. When they quit going to church, they quit tithing. And guess what? They never have enough. Everything breaks in their house. Their car breaks down. Everything goes awry. I'm telling you, God has a way to bless and he has a way to, to, to you allow curses to come in your life by being disobedient. You know, all the tithers, you, you know, when I preach on tithing, which I rarely do, you know, when I say stuff like that and the tithers, you know what they do? Amen. You know what the people that don't tithe do? Repent. Just repent. I know a church that said, if you'll start tithing and if you don't get blessed because of your tithing, then they, they'll, they'll give you every bit of your money back that you tithed. I'm not making that promise. (laughs) Well, I could. Kristen, what do you think? No? Okay. Mary Lou and I have been tithers since we were, before we were married, actually. We've been married 44 years. I think I told you this story. Some of you, there's so many new people. When we were, we were, man, we were doing great. We had, uh, we, we had all the, the lifestyle that most people would like to have, and I'm not going to tell you all about it because I don't want to brag on it because it's, it wasn't good in a lot of ways. But God had called us in the ministry. That's when we were struggling with what are we going to do with this baptism of the Holy Spirit? What are we going to do with this? How are we going to do this, Lord? Because we've got a daughter in college, and, and we're not making as much money as we used to, and we've given up some things, and God says, but you haven't given up enough. So more things, more things. Listen, I'm telling you, if you want to walk, walk in the curses, it is not fun. Because things will be taken away from you. You know why God will take things away from you? Because he knows that those things are keeping you from him. It's not because he hates you. It's because he loves you. How many of you discipline your kids by taking things away from them? Come on. And they think you're the worst person in the world. I can't believe you took away my video games. I hate you, Mom. I hate you, Dad. You know? They don't mean it, but that's what comes out of the mouth sometimes. And yet you go, I love you. That's why I took it away from you. That's why God takes things away from us. But I remember there was a, there was a time when I couldn't pay the tithe. I just didn't have the money. 
And I, I didn't pay the tithe. It's the first time, I think, in our married life, I couldn't pay the tithe. If I did, I would have given a hot check to the church, and that ain't cool. <laughs> God, could you cover me for a week? <laughs> Actually, he can. I'm not suggesting you give hot checks to the church, but I said, I can't do this. And I didn't tell Mary Lou, I was too, too embarrassed that I wasn't providing for her and our family. So I didn't. I just withheld it. Nobody knew, but somebody at the church, they probably didn't keep close tabs. And then she has this dream. (sighs) (laughs) Honey, is everything okay financially? Yeah, yeah, baby, it's good. Are we we tithing? She has a dream about me tithing. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Love you, Lord. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're good. I lied to my wife. I said, yeah, we're good. We're tithing. And I could justify it. I've given more than a tithe over the years. Surely it adds up to more than what I just missed. So she has a dream again. Oh, I, I lied to her once, but I wasn't going to lie to her twice. And she said, honey, is everything okay? And I said, nope. What happened? Well, I didn't tithe. You know, you asked me about the other day, and I, I couldn't afford to. And that's, <laughs> I love my wife. She said, you better figure out a way to tithe. You better figure it out. So I had, we had those credit card checks. Anybody know those credit card checks? I wrote a credit card check for a tithe. But I felt pretty good about it. I know that's not the way to do it. But I did. So, and we figured out later on, God, that really wasn't, God wasn't mad at us. He was trying to teach us some things and um, got caught up on the tithe. But I'm telling you, when you're not living, when you're not doing what you know you're supposed to do, you're living under a curse. And that applies to all areas of our life, church. I'm not telling this because I want you to, your life to change. I'm telling this because it's what the Bible says so you can be blessed. God wants to bless you. He wants to give you unlimited blessings. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. That's verse 6. And I entitled this little heading of blessings in the small details of life. Because he's already said, I'm going to bless you in the country and then bless you in the city. So why did he come back and say, I'm going to bless you and you're going in and coming out? Because we all go in and we come out. It's kind of an everyday thing, right? How many of you came in here this morning? Some of you didn't get here. I'm so sorry. Would you look at your neighbor and say, I'm sorry you didn't make it. It is really good. <laughs> Those simple questions. Y'all just look dumbfounded sometimes. How many of you came in this morning into this building? Uh, uh, did, honey, did we come in? <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> he blesses us coming in, and he's going to bless you when you go out. See? That's the details. That every, every, that's the little details of life. And I asked permission. I asked Jacob about this. I said, you know what I think? Sometimes we forget to thank God for the little details of our life. And then we don't get blessed because we're not thankful people. So I got to thinking. I asked Jacob this morning. I said, Jacob, are you thankful for the one hand that you have? He just has one hand. I said, but because if you just have one hand, you're going to be pretty thankful for it. He said, you know what, Pastor? I've even taken this one hand for granted. But he said, I don't anymore. When I hurt my shoulder, he said, I quit taking it for granted. I said, but how many of you this morning thanked God? I, I, probably 100% of us. 
How many of you this morning, you thanked God for your two hands that work? How many of you thank God for your two feet that you got up? Because I know we have two people in our church, two ladies in our church that just have one foot. And I bet that they're pretty thankful for the one that they've got left. And yet we are not thankful for those, the everything. We call them mundane things that we don't think. How many of you are thankful this morning that you got out, and you were out of bed, and you went, ah, I can breathe? You know, that's what we've got to get back to. If we want to live in the blessings of God, we've got to be thankful for all the little things that he gives us and he affords us day in and day out. Those are blessings. Our health, you may be in bad health, but I promise you, I know somebody that's in a lot worse health than you. And you do too. Verse 7. How are we doing? Okay. Thank you, Justin. That's the only one I needed to hear that from. The Lord will cause your enemies. Listen to this, church. You want to be blessed? You want your enemies to go running? The Lord will cause your enemies to rise who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. I don't know. How many of you know we have an enemy? And he has, he has a troop of people with him. He has a troop of angels. And they're always trying to harass us. They're always trying to harass the saints. They're always trying to bring curses. They're always trying to tempt you. They're always trying to do weird and ugly things to call kill, steal, and destroy. They're always after us. And listen, the blessings of God say, God, God, he is, we were covered by his grace. We we're covered by his blood. And, but some of you are not living in that blessing because you're not recognizing what God has already done for you. And so you wake up and you're fearful. You wake up and you've got an enemy. And you get beat down. You, you go back to the same old addiction like Mary was talking about. People are not getting free. And God says, I've already blessed you with freedom. Why do you want to return to the vomit? You talk about heartbreaking stories. I hear them all the time. Oh, so and so men, they were clean and sober for six years. And all of a sudden they got in, they got in a certain circumstance, certain situation in their life. And they turned back to the old man. They turned back to that corpse that had been buried years ago and drug him up again. And said, this is what I got to have to get me through. Man, God says, no, I've already defeated your enemies. Satan is a defeated foe. You have authority over him by the word of God. You have the authority. And he comes at you and say, no, uh, I'm, a, I'm a child. I'm a blood-bought child of the king. Get away from me. Leave me alone because I'm listening to the voice of my father. I'm not listening to the voice of a stranger. I follow the voice of my shepherd. I don't follow the voice of, of the wolf. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. John 17, Jesus said this to his disciples. I've given you them. He's speaking to his father. I've given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. We have an enemy, but we have a conqueror. And he says, because I'm a conqueror, you're a conqueror. Verse 8, the Lord will command the blessing. Listen to that. The, the, the verbiage here, isn't it incredible? He'll overtake you. He wants to overtake you with blessing. He says, I will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. Commanded blessings. I'm going to charge you. I'm going to give you a blessing. I, I'm going to overtake you with a blessing, and I command a blessing to come upon you. But they always go back to the if. 
if you hear my voice, if you obey my commands. He wants to bless his children. Commanded blessings. Verse 9 and 10, we'll close. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he swore to you. He has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, listen to this, then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you're called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. When's the last time you heard that the world was afraid of the church? But they should be. They should be. The world should be afraid. You mean the, you mean the, the church is rising up? You mean the, third, the church is stepping up into their authority? He says, listen, I'm going to give you authority over the world. Oh, we always cower down. We want to be politically correct. And there's that other word I'm going to use again, baloney. We don't be, we're not politically correct. We're Jesus correct. We speak the truth in love. We don't bear, we don't condemn people, but we speak the truth with love. Blessed with the Lord's name. He says this, Moses said, the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself. Often on when you read the scriptures, when you read the history of the, of the Israelites, they were often on, man, they were up and down. They were, man, they were cold and then they were hot. They were for God, then they were against him. They were serving him, then they were serving other gods. All throughout their history, they missed the blessings so many times. And yet God always said, listen, if you'll repent, if you'll turn back to me, you'd be just like the prodigal son. If you'll come back to me, I'll restore the blessings. I'll, I will, the curses will come under the blood and I will begin to bless you. I'll ask you that question again that I asked you at the beginning. Do you want to be blessed by God? Yes. Amen. Would y'all stand? Could I have a ministry team to the front? Every blessing you pour out, I turn back to praise. That's what he wants to do. He wants to turn whatever's going on in your life that's ugly and dark. He wants to turn it to praise. He wants to turn it to a blessing. What the enemy meant for bad, God wants to turn it for good. I love this. This first service, number one service, we got lots of ministry team. I don't know. What, you're probably not scattered out enough, but can y'all scatter out a little bit further? Yeah. Oh, or, yeah, we can go this way. Christina, you yeah. Give people, yeah, cause so you are set apart. It's what holy means, you know that? Set apart. I want for you to be blessed in 2017, starting today. But listen, as much as I want you to be blessed, God wants you to be blessed much more. Because he is our perfect father. I'm not perfect. He is perfect. Listen, if you could be blessed by the perfect father, wouldn't you want to be blessed by him? But here's the thing. He wants you you to quit thinking of his commandments as difficult. See, that's where the enemy traps you right at the get-go. Well, you can't ever keep his commandments. I'm not saying you can be perfect. But can you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Can you begin to love your neighbor as yourself? He said, all the other commandments come under those two. So he's saying, if you really want to walk in the blessings, I've already laid them out for you. All I'm waiting, all he's waiting for us to do is walk with him. Pick him up. Pick him up as you walk. 
So just bow your heads and close your eyes quickly. This is going to be a short, short invitation unless we get a million people who want to get saved this morning. First of all, first off, I want to bless you if you don't know Jesus Christ today. I want to bless you with today is the day of your salvation. That your destiny will begin today that God has already designed for you to live out in a way that pleases Him. So if you're not saved, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe you've you've even walked an aisle before, but you never made Him Lord of your life, I invite you to step out and come right now. Just step out and come. Step out and come. We want to pray for you all over this room. Just If you've never given your life to Christ, but you're not walking in the blessings of God, I want you to step out and come. Step out and come. He doesn't, God doesn't really want to withhold anything that he has for you. He doesn't want to hold back. He wants to give it to you, but you've got to ask to receive it. Anybody? Okay. The second part of the invitation is this. If you feel like you've been under a curse, everything you do, everything you touch falls to pieces, and you just feel like your, your life is at under, in the curse stage. I'm going to invite you to come forward and let somebody pray for you this, this morning. If everything you seems like there's, you can't do anything right, you, every decision you make backfires, all these things, just come forward and let, let somebody pray for you. Let them bless you with prayer this morning. Let them bless you with hope today. Because that's what we do. We bless people with hope today. That your life isn't going to stay the way it is. That God has so much more for you in store than you can even ask or think. Anybody else? You need prayer this morning. We got, we've got lots of more prayer people up here. You need prayer. You want to walk in the blessings of God and you've not been experiencing those blessings? They might have a word of knowledge for you this morning. They, that gift of the word of knowledge that would, would spur you on to something. They might speak to you a truth today that you never even heard, even as all the, all the preaching. You never heard this truth today that they might have for you. They will change everything for you. You step out and come. We got a lot of time. It's not even 12 o'clock yet. I would say you could you can beat the line to Luby's. We don't have a Luby's anymore, so you don't have to worry about that. Okay? God is so gracious, he's just bringing restaurants right around us so you can just walk across the street. And you take freedom over to angry, and you can take freedom over to twisted. Okay? Amen. Go in there with just beaming, just the aura of God, the, the light of God shining through you. And these people waiting on you. Man, what's up with you? Well, I just came from being with Jesus. Let me tell you about him. And then you go give him a big tip. Don't, don't tip like most Christians. Tip big. Bless them. That's a blessing, right? Prosper them. Anybody else need prayer this morning? Mary, Mary Lou, I'm Mary, Mary Lou would like to pray for Mary. Is Mary still here? 